You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Lucinda Larnock. This is the WFHB Local News for Thursday, May 4th, 2023. Carrie Thompson has secured the Democratic nomination for mayor of Bloomington over Susan Sandberg and Donald Griffin. Later in the program, we will review the results of this week's primary election in Monroe County. More in the bottom half of our program. However, a tracker is still a spy gadget, and they can be used to spy on you. Also coming up in the next half hour, tracking and stalking on Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment on WFHB. But first, your local headlines. The Monroe County Commissioners voted on a rezone request at their meeting on April 26th. Senior Planner Drew Myers presented on the request from Petitioner Tim Rolfson, who is asking for the Commissioners to amend the zoning map on a property located in Bloomington Township at 4851 North Kinzer Pike. So this is um, a rezone request from RE1 to Ag RR or State Residential 1 to Agricultural Rural Reserve. It is at 4851 North Kinzer Pike. It's in Bloomington Township, Section 8. It is unplatted, and the comprehensive plan designates this area as farm and forest. So the petition site is one parcel totaling 19.341 acres. Uh, Petitioner is proposing to amend the zoning map from State Residential 1 to Agricultural Reserve with the intention behind it to rezone um, the property and proceed with uh, a commercial site plan filing for the use of a winery on the property. Now, a winery is not permitted in the RE1 zoning district, but it is a permitted use in the IRR district. Um, there is one condition uh, uh, for the, a winery use in the IRR district, and that is condition number 53, which reads only permitted on acres uh, greater than uh, um, five acres or more in the IRR, FR, or CR districts. Um, if approved, the petitioner intends to complete the planning process for the establishment of a winery, uh, including the commercial site plan filing, which is subject to all uh, standards and requirements, um, including but not limited to parking, paving, landscaping, soil erosion control, and bioretention if necessary. If denied, the petitioner may continue to operate the property as a single-family residence, which was the previous use. Uh, or may pursue any of the available uses as outlined in Chapter 833 for the RE1 zone, as long as any of those special conditions that may be listed in that chapter for that particular use can be met. Myers explained that the petitioner is requesting the rezone to establish a winery on the property. The current zoning on the property is Estate Residential 1. Rolfson is requesting it to be changed to Agricultural or Rural Reserve. So we're looking at, um, petitioner is looking to do a winery, um, and the winery definition, as you can see, does include some um, uh, um, defining characteristics that pertain to some of its accessory uses, such as tasting facilities, um, promotional sale of items, um, and other winery operations. 
Meyer shared that the plan commission discussed this rezone request at multiple meetings. He said they did reach a positive recommendation with a vote of six to three. The recommendation was passed with three conditions. Okay, so at that last plan commission meeting, the plan commission voted um, to forward the petition uh, with a positive recommendation to the Monroe County Board of Commissioners by a vote of six to three. And it had three conditions. Um, one, the petitioner submitted a right-of-way activity permit application. Two, the written commitment be reviewed and approved by the Monroe County Legal Department. And three, the written commitment include additional language regarding a 14-day deadline for its reporting. Myers summarized the main concerns that the staff heard from the neighbors in the area who submitted letters of opposition to the winery. Okay, that brings me to letters of opposition. Planning staff did receive several letters of opposition. Um, so these are included in the staff packet, and so I'm not going to spend too much time on them, and I won't read them word for word. Um, but in general, um, a lot of the uh, opposition from um, the neighbors or the public was concerned for um, the traffic increase um, and the um, just having a commercial activity in a uh, quiet residential area. Um, there was also a concern for light pollution, noise pollution, um, uh, pollution from um, the farming activities on the site, as well as possible um, wildlife disruption in the area. So here's a few more, two more on this page, letters of opposition. Um, members of the public were also concerned about um, the, the increase in traffic for this uh, business activity and um, the concern for um, little 500 uh, cyclists, uh, cyclists in general, um, as well as runners uh, along this route uh, uh, on North Kinzer Pike. Meyer shared that there was one letter of support who wrote that they are in favor of the winery and think it would, quote, add beauty, community, and enjoyment to our area of living, end quote. Commissioner Penny Githins asked about the number of events the petitioner would have at a winery and if the rezone would remain if the property was sold to someone else in the future. Mayers responded, Well, I have a few and I drove out there yesterday to look at the property and to get a sense of, of what we're talking about here. Um, one of the items that was in here was that the petitioner has indicated they would have a maximum that they would have two events, no more than two events per month. Is that an average, meaning that there would be 24 across the year, or is that would, would that be a maximum of two in any given month? That's a good question. I think uh, I, I would defer to the uh, petitioner for that answer. Yeah. Okay. Um, then if this is written in, does this carry forward to the next owner? Meaning, is it written in as, as part of the conditional use? Yes. So in my understanding from the written commitments and um, county legal staff can um, chime in on this as well, is that it does run with the real estate, uh, the written commitment. It's binding to the real estate. Um, so those uses that are restricted, um, that are referenced in the written commitment would still remain restricted. Um, if the, uh, the petitioner were to sell the property to a different owner, um, and those same conditions outlined in the uh, written commitment or those, excuse me, those commitments that are outlined in that document uh, would be um, uh, binding to whoever owned the property next. Githens also added that while driving on Bell Road, she understood the residents' concerns about the increase in traffic due to the small nature of the road. Commissioner Julie Thomas asked about how noise ordinance would be enforced. 
Mayers said that the noise complaints go to the sheriff's department. Yes, there is a noise ordinance um, that is in um, the county code. Um, complaints regarding noise are afforded to the sheriff's department. Um, so I don't know exactly what their procedure is for addressing noise complaints. Um, but we do, um, planning staff does have um, you know, a, a decibel reader that we have used in the past uh, to evaluate um, some of our standards that are in the zoning ordinance. With particular uses, um, sometimes like sawmills or other uses like that, um, that can be uh, uh, that can become a nuisance to near uh, nearby property owners. Um, so we do have one way to measure sound, um, although it's not used that frequently. Um, and then other uh, methods for enforcement. Um, if any of the um, conditions, uh, the written commitments that are in that document, um, there's a section in there as well. That talks about if any of them are broken, um, that is uh, subject to enforcement um, um, by uh, the county. Um, so um, a lot of enforcement um, instances within the county planning department is complaint-based. So we would rely uh, a lot on um, uh, property owners to voice concerns through the property complaint process. Um, and then um, planning staff um, uh, can go through the proper enforcement channels. Uh, that sometimes include fines or um, withholding of permits um, or land use certificates, that sort of thing. The petitioner, Tom Rolfson, spoke to the commissioners about the concerns the neighbours voiced in their letters of opposition. So first, I'd like to clarify the nature of the proposed facility, um, as we're in no way attempting to be an event centre or otherwise make events, large or small, the focus of our operations. Uh, it seems the potential for very unlimited outdoor events is confused the intent of our winery and tasting room with an actual purpose-built event center, which unlike our winery, uh, hosts weddings and other big gatherings as a primary source of revenue. Through discussions with neighbors, we've come to realize a lot of misinformation has been distributed, which led to concerns we heard from neighbors. In contrast to an event center, our proposed facility would include a winery, which is designed to process fruit and produce wine, and a connected tasting room that will provide a relaxing, relaxing environment for our patrons. For what it's worth, the inside is an open concept with soft seating. It'll feature two small 163 square foot rooms uh, for people that want to invite some of their friends over for private tasting, uh, or if somebody from the county or a cook or some other company said, hey, we'd like to have a meeting, can we rent one of your rooms? That's, that's about as far as an event goes for us. And for reference, our tasting room has a maximum capacity of 60 individuals and the parking lot will have 40 spaces. During public comment, Monroe County resident Jaina Hasty said that the goals of the winery would always be in opposition to the goals of the homeowners. The goals of the homeowners and the goals of the winery will be in direct conflict from the moment it is built. The homeowners' first priorities will always be residential, while Mr. Rolson's will be commercial. No matter what assurances Mr. Rolson offers the residents, his goal will be to turn a profit and his business practices will evolve toward the goal in, in response to opportunities that present themselves like retreats, weddings, and other events. People choose to buy homes in an area that had two qualities, rural and residential. This winery introduces two new qualities, public and commercial. These are not aligned with the homeowner's choice of location. 
If we wanted to live in a busy commercial area, we would have purchased our homes in one. This is not only about homeowners, this is about the importance of preserving rural spaces that are increasingly diminishing in our county. As we look at the possibility of annexation in the Bloomington area and increased commercial space encroaching on rural spaces, we have the responsibility to protect these spaces. Also during public comment, Monroe County resident Paul Gray said that he has seen Oliver Winery grow over the years and expected that this winery would be the same. He talks a lot about Oliver Winery. Oliver Winery is pretty good size now. I remember when it started out in a house. Once the house burnt, they built a larger facility and it's increased ever since. If he starts a winery there, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to start out whatever he starts it at, and it's going to keep increasing in size as long as there's property there for him to do so. The commission has voted to not approve the rezone request, with Penny Giffins voting yes and Commissioners Judy Thomas and Lee Jones voting no. During the April 25th meeting of the Bloomington Board of Parks Commissioners, during public comment, Representatives from the Bloomington Football Club and the Monroe County Senior Baseball League Association shared their concerns with the board. Parent and member of the Bloomington Football Club, Kathleen Field, urged the board to increase the city's access to soccer fields. Uh, In order to facilitate a healthy and strong working relationship with the Parks Department, BFC has formed a parent committee that is taking the lead in... um, like partnership negotiations and just normalizing that relationship. Um, You're going to hear from a number of BFC parents today about some concerns and issues. Um, But our first request on behalf of the BFC Parent Committee uh, is to ask the Parks Board respectfully to direct the Parks Department to form a committee for the purpose of Um, improving access to soccer fields in the city, specifically to try to get um, permanent outdoor soccer fields in the city established. And we'd like to work cooperatively with the Parks Department and to have a seat at that table. So we're asking that you you use your um, uh, authority to uh, form this committee so that we can get started to improve opportunities and access for soccer. Our club has currently about 260 members, um, and there's more interest, but there's just not space in the city. And soccer, you know, is the world sport. Uh, You don't need a lot of equipment. There's not a high barrier to entry. And unfortunately, we just lack the facilities, and we want to help improve the city of Bloomington by increasing um, access to soccer fields within our community. Um, Let's, uh, as you understand from the two partnership agreements that we've discussed uh, in the last month and this month, uh, there are some issues and some points of negotiation. We would like to work with the Parks Department, and that's part of why the parent committee was formed to make playing soccer easier, both for our constituents and our community as a whole. Thank you. Thank you. Parent Richard Field said he's concerned about plans to convert Field 6 at Winslow Sports Complex to a soccer field. 
Hi, my name is Richard Field, no relation that I'm aware of to Kathleen. Um, I have two children who have played baseball at Winslow over the last nine years, including on field six over at Winslow Field the last couple of years. Um, just so you're clear, I have nothing against soccer. I'm not going to speak negatively about soccer as a sport or anything like that. I have friends with children who play soccer. Hi, Venus. Um, I would like to point out that uh, I have seen a, a BFC proposal floating around emails um, about converting Field 6 at Winslow to soccer only. Um, and they're, they're going to ask for a vote next month on that, which is not a lot of time for the Senior League to prepare. Um, and any exploratory committee that would, that would that would propose this would need more need more time than that. Um, and converting field six at Winslow to soccer only would likely mean the end of the MCSLBA, the Monroe County Senior uh, Baseball League for uh, Bloomington Monroe County um, kids ages 13 and up. And I believe there are other options within the city, um, such as Bryant Park Field 3, Lower Cascades. Uh, Alcott Park was mentioned earlier today. Um, now, BFC has mentioned that, um, that their goal is to utilize city parks, and Winslow Field 6 is utilized, and there are underutilized fields available. Yeah, I get wanting more fields, um, but let's find a way that won't kill an established league. Um, this shouldn't be a youth sport versus youth sport situation. I work for a rural electric cooperative, and one of our founding principles is cooperation among cooperatives, and I'd like to see that principle extended here to where uh, MCSLBA, BJLBA are pulled into the conversation to find a reasonable solution for everyone. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Board member Kathleen Mills thanked all parents for voicing their concerns and said the Parks Department will further consider finding a balance during a work session. The Bloomington Board of Parks Commissioners will have their next meeting on May 14th. Up next, we turn to WFHB News correspondents Cade Young and Noel Herhusky-Schneider for the Monroe County primary election results. After all the precincts were reported, the county clerk announced the unofficial election results for Monroe County. So for mayor of Bloomington, Carrie Thompson has secured the Democratic nomination for mayor of Bloomington over Susan Sandberg and Donald Griffin. Carrie Thompson garnered 42.99% of the vote over her opponents. 8,012 people voted in total and it looks like Carrie Thompson um, had 3,444 votes. For the position of city clerk of Bloomington for the Democratic nomination, Nicole Bolden ran unopposed and has secured her position. Up next, the Common Council members at large. We have three winners for the Democratic nominations, um, Isaac Esser, Matt Flaherty, and Andy Ruff have each gotten the most amount of votes out of seven candidates running for city council at large. And for common council member District 6, David Wolfbender ran unopposed and received 100% of the votes. 
For Common Council membership, District 2 for the city of Bloomington, this was a very narrow race. Kate Rosenbarger won over her opponent, Sue Scambaluri. This was neck and neck. Uh, Kate Rosenbarger got 679 votes, and Sue Scambaluri got 640 votes. For Common Council member District 3 for the city of Bloomington, Hopi Stosberg secured 57.31% of the votes, beating their opponents, Ron Smith and Connor Wright. For District 1 City Council, Isabel Piedmont Smith got 708 votes, 58% of the total, beating her opponent, Joe Lee. For Common Council Member District 4, Dave Rollo ran unopposed and secured 100% of the votes. For City Council District 5, candidate Trudy Rana won against her opponent, Jenny Stevens. Rana got 58.13% of the vote compared to Stevens's 42% of the vote. For the Republican Party candidate for Common Council Member District 3, Brett Heinzich ran unopposed and received 100% of the vote. Now for some results for the town of Ellettsville. For clerk slash treasurer of the town of Ellettsville for the Republican nomination in the primary elections, we have Noel M. Conyer with 57.2% of the vote securing the Republican nomination over Dan Swafford and opponent Paul A. Turner. For the town council ward one for Ellettsville, Republican Party candidate Trevor Sager ran unopposed and secured 100% of the vote. And that is all of the election results that we have for you. To view a complete list of these unofficial results, visit wfhb.org following this broadcast. Up next, tracking and stalking on Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment on WFHB. We turn to host and producer Richard Fish for more. Welcome to Better Beware. Here's your consumer watchdog from WFHB Community Radio with the latest information and helpful hints designed to keep your head out of the clouds, your feet on the ground, and your money in your pocket. Losing things can be a real pain in the back of your lap. It can happen anywhere. Right at home, have you ever needed to go someplace and couldn't find your car keys? It's even worse when you're traveling. Ever get off a plane and discover your luggage didn't come with you? Well, the answer to all those problems is here today, thanks to Bond. James Bond. All the way back in the 60s, the movie Goldfinger featured a nifty little electronic gadget that he stuck on a car, and then he could track the car with a fancy receiver built into his Aston Martin DB5. Today, you can buy that gadget cheap, and you don't need an Aston Martin to use it, just a cell phone. 
These things are getting very popular. Apple has one called an AirTag. There's another brand called Tile, and now there's a Samsung SmartTag. You can get an app that will make any of them work on any phone. They're little things. You can pop one in your luggage, slip one in your wallet, or hang one on your car keys. You can even get one that'll fit on your pet's collar if you want to find out where your cat's been going when you let it out. However, a tracker is still a spy gadget, and they can be used to spy on you. This is especially scary if somebody wants to stalk you. Stalking is a crime in all 50 states. It's the unwanted pursuit of another person which makes the target feel unsafe. Women are about four times more likely than men to be the victims of stalkers. Those cute little tracker tags have just made it much easier to stalk someone, and right now there's a case before the Supreme Court that could make it harder to convict stalkers. If someone slips an air tag or a tile into your luggage or your car, they can know exactly where you are 24-7. Apple air tags will alert you if there's another air tag, which isn't paired with you, that travels with you, but it could take as long as 24 hours for the alert to come through. So what can you do if someone is bothering you and won't go away? If you think you're at risk, you can search yourself, or your luggage, or your car. But these crackers are small, and you might miss them. They use Bluetooth technology, so you can get an app called a BLE Tracker, or BLE Device Finder, which will identify any Bluetooth items in your vicinity. If you do find a tracker, you can take its battery out or smash it with a hammer, but that lets the stalker know you're on to them. Take it to the police, and they can find the serial number, which may lead them to the stalker. Be aware, beware, and stay safe. I'm Richard Fish for WFHB News and Public Affairs. Better Beware comes to you from WFHB Bloomington, Indiana. Find all our episodes at WFHB.org. If you can help put the kibosh on a con, email beware at WFHB.org. Remember, swindlers never give a sucker an even break. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. 
Our feature was produced by Cade Young and Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. Better Beware is produced by Richard Fish. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and The Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Lucinda Larnock. And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters WFHB wherever you listen to your shows. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for Big Talk, a one-on-one conversation with some of Bloomington's most fascinating people. Coming up next on WFHB. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 